You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Welcome back to Dublin South FM Radio. As I say, each week we try to bring you the best guests, people from all over the world, people that inspire me and, as I always say, I hope to inspire you. It's been a bumpy couple of years. We've had laughter, joy and some sadness. But as we move along in 2023, we are all hopeful. We all believe and we know that things could and will get better. The belief system. How committed are we? Today, I have another wonderful guest from Canada. Yes, not the USA, but Canada. Seems to be bringing a lot of people in from Canada at the moment. I don't know why, but it must be the, there must be some sort of connection. Andrea Samson is on the line today, and she will tell us all about business, commitment, about working in your business and outside your business. And as normal, it's just a normal chat and you can listen in, agree or disagree, get frustrated or laugh. But here we are today. Andrea, welcome to Dublin South FM Radio. Thanks so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yes, uh, we seem to be interviewing a lot of people from across the water as well. I think it's that wonderful accent that you all have that people go, oh, <laughs> yes, it's not another Irish accent. It's someone from abroad. But, you know, the big the big mo- movement at the moment in such a small country that we have here as well is TEDx and TED Talks. And we know that you specialize helping people to bring out the best in themselves when they do a talk, but, but also you're a business owner. And as a business owner, we do have ups and downs. We have joys. We have sleepless nights. We have good months. We have bad months. It's all about just living the road of uncertainty. And if you can do that and keep yourself focused, things will change. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Joe. You know, I think, you know, as you said, we've had a rough couple of years. Um, it, certainly as business owners, um, it has been a challenging time, whether it was through the, you know, the early days of, of the pandemic and then into, you know, last year, uh, towards the end of last year, we had a lot of economic uncertainty and, you know, let's all knock on wood and go 23 is a much better year. So, um, we are, you know, uh, it is something that I give a lot of thought to around what the business looks like, what it's going to look like, you know, as a, as a TED speaker coach um, and somebody who works with people who often are at the seat of change. Um, I get to see a different part of the world than most people do because of that. You know, I see people who are scientists, academics, technologists, artists who are envisioning futures. And it's always fun because I, you know, I see through their eyes, but and it's helpful to some degree as a business owner, because I start to um, be able to um, look at my own business and go, well, how would that affect me? And um, and so those are the, some of the things that I'm constantly looking at is what's predicted, what's projected, what work is happening in the world that maybe others don't get access to um, that I can see because I work with such unique people. And then putting those two things together how does it affect my business, my growth, my focus, my vision, and the people who work with and for me? Um, and then how do we take all of that and move it forward to a place where we continue to be of service um, at a level that we're giving back, but we're also able to grow and thrive? 
You know, it's interesting that you say such beautiful words and flow from from you, like it's well a well prepared tune. Um, it's nice to hear it. And one of the things, you know, I've done over three hundred. I've probably done four hundred interviews over. This, you know, this show has been going since twenty seventeen, so it's been on. It's it's a won awards, and I. The more that I meander along, I really trying to figure out who we are and what we're here for. And, you know, it, I started off talking about consciousness and what consciousness is. And from there, I'm really looking at it's about awareness and being aware, being self-aware, I think is the greatest gift that anybody can give themselves. And the more people that become self-aware, the better this world will come. And you're talking, you, you, will, you will have coached many people that will stand up, not on TEDx, but on TED, and prepare themselves to show the world or give the world a message. So I will ask you about self-awareness. The people that you speak to, obviously are going that journey but what was your journey to become self-aware so you could help them that's a great question you know i think self-awareness is one of those things that um it's not like one day you become self-aware it's a long journey and it's a you know it's a bumpy ride sometimes 20-year journey Um, for me oh gosh i mean it's probably a 40-year journey for me but you know what, from my journey to self-awareness, I, you know, I, I, I think that I think it's, you know, as I think about my journey, I can remember a moment in, in my childhood where I think I had the first moment of self-awareness and I, I was only about eight or nine and I just had this moment. I was a bit of a solitary child and, um, and I would, I was out playing and, um, I was in the schoolyard and it was a weekend. So the schoolyard was empty and I was all alone. And I remember being in the schoolyard. We, we happened to live literally across the street from my elementary school. And um, I remember looking in the window of the elementary school and for whatever reason, and again, at eight years old, what do you know? But I always remembered this moment. I had this moment of awareness that I was alone. I was alone here on this planet, that it was me, that I was in my body. It was like the moment, I guess, what probably was happening in my young mind was the individuation um, process. It was the first time that I really realized that I was separate from my mother, my family, that I was, I was an individual. And I remember being forlorn, like so sad, so sad. And just like, wow. And that moment set me up for many other moments throughout my life. I I had these moments where I would become aware of my impact on others or aware of my power. And each time one of those awareness would happen, it would set me down a path. And so for me, I spent the large part of my 20s understanding esoteric wisdom. 
really wanting to know what was all of this you know you you come from this beautiful land of 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 history and um um beliefs you know i love the mythology the the celtic mythology that comes out of ireland um and follow much of it and so in my 20s i studied that actually um because it was fascinating to me i just loved it and it shaped a little bit of who i was and then in my 30s i became really focused on psychology and started studying Jungian psychology and the impact that Jung and others like him had on our way of thinking. And I read everything I could I could possibly read. I spoke to people. I went to courses. I um, I even then studied you know things like neuro linguistic programming, understanding the brain, how the brain works. And then in my forties, I started studying. Um, I went back to some of the esoteric wisdom and started understanding world religions and deeply understood the connection between so many different religions and spirituality. And I started to expand and explore my own connection to spirituality. And now in my 50s, I'm sort of in an integration process. And it's been so interesting to me from a consciousness perspective, how each time I went into one of these different wisdom sets. It was curiosity that set me there. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this now. It was just curiosity, but each built upon the next. And now as I work with people who are doing such incredible work in the world, all of what I learned comes into the work that I do, but it comes into it through the lens of consciousness because I'm able to sit in a place of in a place of, um, I'm looking for the word stillness, I guess, is maybe the best word that I could I could find, um, because I understand that it's not about me. Each one of those wisdom sets allowed me to separate from the ego, to separate from what what who I am, to be of service to those who I work with. And not to say that the ego doesn't come in because like, I'm not perfect. Don't, don't, you know, that's not the case at all, but I have an awareness now that I just didn't have. And I, and I do attribute it to all of that sort of learning over time. Yeah, I would agree. Um, like going back even to Irish, you know, mythology is to the Dan, if you've gone back that far. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can even go and, and, and look at, the teachings that they brought and how they then brought everything out into the world. And sometimes we look at everything is upside down and inside out deliberately to, to keep us from the truth of whatever that truth may be. And as we go through and probably a bit like yourself, I, you know, I read the Bible and then I looked at um, Judaism and Scientology and, you know, then got into reading Hinduism and they're all parts and we, we need to, to and I, what brought, I think, I think what we can both agree on, we're both curious people. And I think curiosity is one of the stepping stones. 
And like I even I'm going to do a show on it on, on another time is, you know, I've even gone in and I'm reading at the moment the Nagmanadi scriptures. I don't know if you're aware of them. Um, and the Nagmanadi scriptures were found in the 40s. Um, in Nagmanadi, and they are part of part of what was the original Bible, right? Part of it. So Saint Thomas in in them. And yes, if you get, I do know of them. And if you get to read the origin of the world and the rulers, and and try to decipher them, and then read, you know, the Gospel to Saint Jude, really sort of opens up a different sort of perspective of call it the construct that we live in. And so you you would be familiar then with the demiurge and the archons and all all these who are, who are who are creative. But what I'm getting at is that we need the pat the door. To, when we need to find something out, you know the what's the saying? The teacher will appear when the student is ready. The consciousness level that I think that a lot of people are going through, and a lot of our audience that would listen to the shows as well is that self-awareness and as the storm or the tornado around us is whistling on it's about standing in the center of that and being very calm and knowing that everything is all right which then it's about your intuition now you at eight understanding that is amazing you know for me at eight i probably found out you know how to pick my nose oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean at eight um so that was that's that's a something that's actually was an awakening in you to remind you and i think it's at the end of the day i say this a lot is it's about remembering it's about remembering who we are so your intuition then must be very strong if you've you know i'm still bashing away with the two picking picking the stuff and at that age of eight feeling lonely did you feel okay lonely but did you know there's something here as well that's in my heart that's not making, that's making me feel it's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and when I, I go back to that moment often, actually, um, because it was such a profound moment for me and there was like, there absolutely was, there was the, the feeling of I'm alone, but there was also the feeling of I'm okay. I have what I need. Um, it will always be given. Uh, and, and so and, and and it's the piece that I probably have struggled with the most in my life is that juxtaposition of, you know, being being the individual, but also being connected. And, you know, that idea of intuition, you know, when I studied Jungian psychology and certainly you know, Carl Jung had the idea of the collective unconscious. And I remember that being profound for me because it's explained something that I always felt but had no words for, um, which was that well, okay, I'm here alone in this body. This is my body. Um, but I don't feel that I'm 
that I feel as if there is a, a greater consciousness um, that I have access to. And, you know, that idea of the collective unconscious of being able to connect in to get the wisdom of that opened uh, an awareness in me. And, and, and it set me down a path of spirituality that I continue down today. And I, so from an intuition standpoint, I am very intuitive. I, I do, um, you know, that is a piece that, um, you know, sometimes when I'm working with clients and I'm thinking, gee, where did that come from? You know? And I'm like, wow, that, thank you. I don't know where it came from, but thank well, you. Well, you know? Yeah. Because we're, we're talking and I'm writing down words and you're, you're saying them before I'm interacting with you. So there is that intuitive connection. I have a six-year-old daughter and I look at her and I look at her in a way that I know that her world is only the world that we teach her. So she can only interpret how we provide and educate and treat her. Okay. She doesn't know any other different world. So if a, a young child is in a household that has been abused, that's all they know. Are they being in a, in a household that people are mean to them and causing them grief? They don't know that it's right or wrong. They just know this is how the world that I live in. And as they grow older and meet other elders, then the penny drops account. This is not the way the world should be. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are now realizing you know, their youth, you know, good or bad, that they have to go on that personal journey. And that's why people fall out with family and people fall out with friends and we change and marriages then when people believe that, you know, something in their marriages break down and everything. So we are all going through this chaos at the moment. Is it a case then that the stuff that you have learned over the last 40 odd years and the stuff that I've been bashing around for probably maybe 30 years, is it to help other people so who are on the journey so we can share our wisdom with them and pull them along? Is it, are we here to for ourselves or is it to help other people come along? I think it's both. I think that we can't help others unless we help ourselves. I think that, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, a bit of a trope, but you know, it's like in the airplane, you, you need to put the mask on yourself first so you can help somebody else. And, and um, so how can I possibly be of service in a way that's effective um, if I haven't done the inner work? If I am a, if I am only half a human, how can I help others be a whole human? And so I, you know, for me, what has been always been important and um, it is in understanding, um, you know, there's a book that I read many years ago and I come back to it all the time at the beginning. It was a, a book about um, a, a woman who became an enlightened being in the um, Buddhist um, faith. And this book opens up with her um, sitting in a temple 
and it's this is the forward to the book and she's sitting there um with all of the acolytes all of those who were training to be become enlightened eventually or hopefully to become enlightened and she had been acknowledged as being enlightened and they were all sitting saying um tell us your path tell us tell us the path to enlightenment what is the path to enlightenment and her answer was and it is how i live my path is not your path but i will tell you my path if it helps you find yours and and that to me is how i've lived my life i have to find my path and if i can be an example for others so they can find theirs then so be it but it is not for me to say what your path is so that brings up another question and that it's about letting go and we hear let go and you know let go let go this and all and and we talk about raising your vibration and i've come to the believe it's not about raising your vibration it's about finding your own vibration individually we are who we are and it's about needs so looking at that from a business perspective where we are here to serve people and like in my business i'm you know, marketing and, and sales. So we help people with our outreach and to be to those pit they don't have those pitfalls or whatever. But I'm asking the, the, the question that I'm asking now at the moment really, what do people really need? You know, when we strip back everything from a business and you're looking at an individual who's, you know, once they've come to you and says, I want to do a, you know, a TED and I heard you're like what is what is it they really need? Forget all the the bells, the whistles, the fluffy stuff and all. That's the one thing that I'm now pursuing is what what is it that they need? And I think I'd add to that is what is it they want? Because I think there's two things. What do you need and what do you want? Yeah, yeah. And like I always say, you know, people, what do you have? What do you want? And what do you need? And the real thing is what you need. Like during lockdown you know people wanted to go out and have coffee but i said then what do you really need i said another cup of coffee so you don't want you know you know what you really want is is, yeah (laughs) what you really want is companionship you want communion you know communion with others right and and so you know when i when, when people come to me i mean what are they what are they looking for um there's a couple of things one they want to be heard they want their life to have meaning, you know, um, they want, they, they want to be heard and to be seen and not from an egoistic standpoint, but because there's a belief that the work that they're doing has meaning and they want validation to some degree, but they want it to also live beyond them. And, and I see this every day. I work with such incredibly people, you know, often they're experts and change makers who are doing really incredible work in the world. And, you know, they see others who are talking about what it is that they're doing or they believe, but they're not, those others are doing it in different ways. And when people come to me, it's because often they can't articulate what it is they do or what it is they are working on they're they know they and they they'll talk to me for hours sometimes about what it is they're working on or what it is they do 
And what I'll do is I'll sort of bring it down to one statement. They're like, oh my God, how did you know that? What did you do? What magic did you use? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I didn't use any magic. I just listened to you. And you told me that. And your soul told me that. And so being seen and being heard is at the core of who we are as humans. We all need that because that means we existed. And that means that we served on some level. And that's important. I'm doing a talk at the moment. I've just done it in one of the colleges and I'm going to bring it out to new colleges as well. And the name will change because what what I'm speaking about is about you being yourself. And one of the things which I'm thinking about, as I said earlier on, is about commitment. And what are we committed to? And is commitment... So you're talking to people, you know, they want to be heard and valued. And so what is that commitment? So I use the example, I'm committed. I have a wonderful, beautiful wife and a great family. So I am committed to my family. So that is the results. I'm committed to that. So is commitment not the system and the processes to get the result? It's actually what you have when you are committed to it. You've nailed it in. The results is this because you're committed. And I think that if you ask someone, you know, what are you committed to? They will tell you, and then that's how you find a true essence. Because some people want money, but they're not committed to it. And some people want to lose weight, but they're not committed to it because they're not doing the work. So commitment is the result. Am I, am I making myself clear? I think so. Yep. So when you get people coming to you and do you have to really hit them on the head to say, if you want to do this, you have to be committed to it. Or or is there some people come and just want to throw money at you and are doing it for the ego thing? And which do you choose? I think because of who I am, I I do sometimes get people who just want to throw money at it, um, but rarely, to be honest. I I tend to attract people who are much more in in the area of wanting to create change. And that idea of being committed to it is key. And it's something that I've actually started talking about more in, in 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 a much deeper way in the last couple of months, because, you know, I work with people to help them transform from what I call experts and change makers into thought leaders. And, you know, people go, well, do I really want to be a thought leader? And it's like, well, first of all, I don't, I don't call myself a thought leader. You don't call yourself a thought leader, right? Those are not, those are not words we use. They're not a title, but it's what, it's what others ascribe to you. And what, what somebody else ascribes to you comes from the commitment you made to what it is you do. Because it's the result of it, right? And so when I talk about transforming from an expert or a change maker into a thought leader, what I'm really talking about is the commitment that it takes to shift from, so as I see it, when I see somebody and I work with a lot of experts and experts are, you know, they're people who we've all worked with experts. They often have a lot of knowledge, deep, deep knowledge, and they'll tell us that deep knowledge through data and facts. And we don't really understand it. And we don't really understand why it's important. 
And so what I'm doing with them is I'm helping them to connect dots where it shifts them out of that need to almost sell me why what they do is important into just being in that place of being where now I go, oh, I need to hear more from that person because I understand them. And that becomes the thought leader. And that's a commitment to self. That's a commitment to to the work. So in that case, like if somebody were to say to me, why do I do what I do? What is my commit? What am I committed to? I will always say the same thing, which is I'm committed to creating a future that I want to live in and that I want my family and friends and um, others to live in. Because the future we're creating right now is not a future that I can see any of us want to live in. And so I'm committed to that. I think, and, and I think it is, I think it's about the commitments that we make is the results. Like for the first time last week, someone called me a conscious expert. And I went, well, I'm not a conscious expert. And they said, well, I listen to your stuff. And kind of are. You kind of are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you are committed to it. And so what I would like in the, you know, we do, we just have different language, but I think that is a conscious, like you're a consciousness thought leader. Right. And, and again, you wouldn't call yourself that because that's not who you are, but that's, that's how others are beginning to see you because of the work you do, because you've been committed to it. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not about consciousness. It's, it's about self-awareness. It's about the person being able to stand there in their own two shoes, take full responsibility for their own individual life and go, do you know what? I'm okay. So is that not the definition of consciousness? No, but yeah, but it's, you know, consciousness first is when I started off on this road, it was, you know, it meant something different. It was spiritual. It was, you know, something that we may have. However, what conscious, if you really want to know what conscious really is, are you ready? Are you ready, folks? When you know what it truly is, you can't explain it. And that's true consciousness. Because it's sitting fully in all of who you are. It's being able to smile even at the, the, the crap, the crap. And, you know, this is a beautiful conversation, you know, um, and we, I, um, I'm looking at the clock and I'm going to go, oh, we're running out of time, we're running out of time, because we were yapping beforehand. I know. You know, but with the journey and the road that you've taken, what guides you? And and the reason why I'm asking the question, some people say it's choice, free will. You can either, as a business owner, you know, as a person, you can choose to look at something, to bring some business in, but you can get sidetracked as we all do and run down that rabbit hole of Facebook and LinkedIn and everything as well. And then you go, oh my God, what have I done? Quick, get it off. Or you can just flow with it because everything is as it's meant to be. So your intuition, does it guide you? Because my intuition, if, if some of the stuff that has come up with me and my intuition, if I acted on it, I'd crash the car, you know, <laughs> you know, so how do you, how does, I'll ask the question again. How do you use your intuition to guide you? It is what guides me. I, um, 
you know, I had a business partner um, that I separated from in early 2020. Actually, <laughs> we signed the partnership a, a dissolution three days before the pandemic was announced. So timing wasn't great, but, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm glad it happened. Um, but, you know, the reason that that and I bring it up is that it was a values mismatch between he and I. He very much was a person who was guided by business, by like, let's make sure that we're making money first and serving second. And I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not who I am. I serve first and make money second. And sometimes to my own detriment. But I am, I'm fully, fully committed to following that path because what I know is that I will always be okay. That that I'm never taking a wrong step. Sometimes I take interesting routes. Don't get me wrong. I the scenic route, I've been on it many times. Um, it's not always a direct route. But what I know is that I gain so much more than I lose in any of those situations. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to take that risk because I know that my guides, those who are in the unseen realms, who, who you know, want me to be in this time, in this space, for whatever reason that is beyond what I can have access to or know, are taking me exactly where I need to be. And so I go with that. And I know that my job here on this, this earth is to help others to find their purpose in their being. And so I just trust. And I do that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you try and I think it's like a muscle. Uh, for me, it's I how I learned to use my intuition was I get this nudge cut the grass ah no I won't cut the grass and then suddenly tomorrow with lashes rain I went oh I should have followed that and cut the grass because it's now <laughs> rain for a week you know and the grass is huge huge or, <laughs> you know, or I get those nudges and working on the small things and practicing them and getting to them but then there's sometimes you come up and you go hmm is that my intuition or is it my mind telling me and is it how do you know the difference yeah how do you know the yeah. difference? So for me, that's been a long time of really, you know, there was when I was much younger, I, I I did that all the time. Oh, that's just that's just my mind. That's just my ego. And mm -hmm. I remember learning the concept of the objective observer, which is, you know, that which sits outside of ourselves and sees ourselves. Um, and I started to learn the language of the objective observer and I started to notice the difference. And so for me, there's a couple of things that really help me. So first of all, when I get those nudges, cut the grass, I know that that's just cut the grass. Like that is actually, that's a intuition that goes, go do that. Cause there's, there's nothing, there's no gain for me. Right. Like, it's like, that's just a little knowingness. It's going, Hey, Hey, you should go do that. Um, and so that, that hasn't, that's not my mind playing anything. That's actually a, that's a nudge. And the more that you start to listen to those little nudges, the bigger nudges actually become more clear. The second thing is to notice the kindness of the voice. So the kind voice is the voice of your higher self, the voice of intuition, the mean voice, the one that's like, oh, you're never going to succeed. That's the ego. Yeah. And you start to, and sometimes, it's it's hard to discern 
right? Because the mean voice isn't always really mean. Maybe it's a little sarcastic. Maybe it's just a little edgy, but notice it. And the more that you spend time noticing the different voices in your head, you'll be able to hear the intuition from the ego. And when you do that, the intuition starts to speak to you not only in nudges and um, like little sort of, you know, knowingness, it actually starts to speak to you in images and in in new ways. And it speaks through you because now you've gotten out of the way and you've let it speak through you. And so for me, that has been a big, um, it's a, it's a, it's an exercise in trust. That is the best explanation that I've heard of from all the people that I have spoken to on intuition, even intuition coaches have not explained it as beautifully <laughs> as yourself as well. So well done. Well done on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. But I think you're, yeah, you're right. It is the, it's the gentle voice and you'll get the, the thought and then you'll see the image. Now people have to realize that pixels on Facebook of the boots that you looked at and then you thought about and then you're seeing on that's yeah. different. That's, <laughs> different. <laughs> that's called marketing. <laughs> yes. That, and, and you and I both know a lot about that, right? Because yeah. that's what we were trained in. But but it is it is such an interesting thing though, because marketing actually uses the language of intuition. That's that's actually what it, you know, in so many ways it's doing that. So you know, we have to be careful with that as marketers, because I like I spent most of my career in marketing that we don't use our power for for evil, you know, and we've seen when that happens. Yeah. And well, it's another day where we'd say that what's happening with humanity is that marketing, the digital, we are analog and the digital world that we look into is giving people everything that they want so they don't know actually what they need and all they need to do is just stop and smell the roses absolutely absolutely where can people if they want to enjoy your wonders if someone has done a some sort of talking and then they kind of go mm, I, I would like to possibly see about ted talk where can they reach you Follow me on LinkedIn. Um, as you said, I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. I have a newsletter that goes out every couple of weeks. Um, so make sure you follow me, link in with me, send me a note on LinkedIn, AC Sampson, I think. But if you just look up Andrea Sampson on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Um, and our uh, my company is Talk Boutique. Um, so you can sign up to our, our um, newsletter on Talk Boutique. So www.talkboutique.com. Um, and you can certainly um, reach out to me there as well. I'm very active in both places. What's new for you for the year? So we're just getting ready to launch our Thought Leader Academy. Um, which is a uh, an online um, program that is aimed at helping those um, who identify as diverse to hone and craft their message and share it in a way that it creates impact. You know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the fact that we need more diversity in our thought leadership in the world. We have far too much 
uh, of one specific variety of thought leadership out there, and it needs to be more diverse. So whether that be gender diverse, age diverse, neurodiverse, cultural diverse, diversity in its all of its formats. And so um, what we've done is we've created a program that has a combination of coaching and um, foundational um, training programs um, in the areas of communications, branding, and community building, as well as entrepreneurship and leadership. And we're helping um, diverse thought leaders to find their voice and share their voice so that they can create the future that they want to see in the world. The word that's resonating with me there, and you said it before, and I've been working with people on it for the last week or so, Indigenous, even Irish Indigenous, you know, American Indigenous. Yeah, The Indigenous w wisdom and the Indigenous um, knowledge has been um, ignored for too long, and it needs, we need to remember. We need to remember who we are. We all are indigenous in some way. We need to refine who we are in individually, and we need to honor the indigenous cultures on the land on which we occupy. Because, you know, I happen to be in land that was taken from the indigenous people. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guest here and I need to recognize that. Um, but I have an indigenous culture somewhere. We have a long history here in Ireland. So, you know, <laughs> with that. Andrea, thank you for coming on to Dublin South FM Radio. What if you could have a sustainable business without the liquidity concerns and make your company more profitable? Curious? Check out our tried and tested proven client acquisition formula. Go to www.jodalton.ie and book your free consultation now.